Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 152 of the So Free Art podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. <laughs> and this one isn't about the things episode. And what we're going to be doing on this one is, it's a new little sort of series thing I'm doing. Every so often I'll do these and it's going to be, they're going to be called That's What She Said. So this is the first one, That's What She Said. And what I'm going to do on these is, over the course of the last month or something, well, yeah, over the last month, I've been, every time I watch videos, I think, oh, I really like these. If it's got an important message or if it's really, really resonates with me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share little clips on this on these podcasts. So for this one, we've got 25 little clips to go through, which are various podcasts, videos, but it's all about the audio. So you don't need to be seeing anything. But if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you'll actually be able to see video footage as well. But you don't need that because it's just, this is all audio. So this is going to be really fun. I'm going to have to be very quick though, because I think I've got about an hour's worth of clips to get through. So what we're going to do really is just go through the clips and very briefly talk a little bit about them. Little Dennis is with us as well. Little co-host. He, he's, he's cool, he is. So, boing! Let's get right into this one. Little Kitty and Dennis get us into it. They're in their little house. Little Kitty and little Dennis in their little house. So what? What? Let's start with this then. So, well, actually, what I do is I'll, I'll tell you some of the video, some of the clips we've got coming up. So we've got we're going to start with carbon nanotubes found in all people treat tested. Then we're going to look into Native American, a Native American sharing stories, which are very important. That's in three parts. That one. Then we're going to be talking about the ancient beings who built the pyramids. We're also going to be talking about stuff like Muji. What happens when you regrow vegetables? <laughs> so there's lots of different things going on here. What else is there? We've also got stuff about lucid dreaming. That'd be cool. Cardinal Burke, some bloke who is like a priest. He's got an important message to share, which is quite cool. We're also going to be looking at... Well, what was it? Monroe. Yeah, something to do with the Monroe, which is out-of-body experiences and stuff. And then we're also we're going to be talking about DMT and stuff. So the first one we're looking at is a clip from the podcast by Leak Project. And what I'll do is I'll put links to all of these, all of these podcasts and clips inside of the description and the show notes. And if you actually go onto YouTube, I've created a playlist called That's What She Said. And if you go into that, you'll be able to actually see all of these, all of these videos in there. So the good thing about that is, if you hear something you think, "Oh, I really like that," you can actually go in there and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. Because some of these are like two hours long. Some of these, which is cool. So this one here is, is by Leap Project, and it's called "Carbon Nanotubes Found in All People Tested, Possibly All Biological Life." This is a two-minute clip. And on this one, they talk about what carbon nanotubes are, what they do to our body and how to combat them. So let's get into this one. Hopefully you'll be able to hear this all right. Yeah, hopefully you'll be able to hear this all right. Carbon nanotubes found in all people tested. Listen to this. Anthropogenic carbon nanotubes found in the airways of Parisian children. 
You can read this directly from Science Direct. I'll leave a link in the video description box. Now I'm going to give you a quick intro, or I'm just going to share with you the highlights. Fine particulate matters, PMs, were characterized and discovered in the fluids within the lungs of asthmatic children. Anthropogenic carbon nanotubes were found in all samples, indicating that humans routinely breathe such nanostructures. Light microscopy cannot discriminate between these PMs and lamellar bodies, thus previous studies should be reconsidered. Now here's where it gets even more interesting. These fine particulate matters, these PMs, from air pollution penetrate lower airways and are associated with adverse health effects even within concentrations below those recommended by the WHO. However, the most responsible components of the particulate mix are still unknown. We show that carbon nanotubes are present in the airways of asthmatic Parisian children. These nanostructures are similar to those present in dusts and vehicle exhausts collected in Paris, as well as to those previously observed in ambient air in the USA, in spider webs in India, and in ice cores. These results suggest that humans are routinely exposed to carbon nanotubes. Whoa. And the implications of this could be multi-layered, folks. So that one is really fascinating to watch it, to listen to it as well. You can actually get Leak Project as a podcast on YouTube and also audio. But that one's brilliant. They, they do like an interview talking about, because they also talk about how you can combat it and stuff. But it looks like oh, these nanotubes are actually in everything. So even in little animals and plants and everything. And then I started thinking about chemtrails. So when you see these planes going across with the chemtrails, they might actually be like spreading these little nanotubes. So that's quite cool. This next one is unbelievable. So this next one here is from Matt Belair, who is another podcast, Mind, Body, Spirit Show. I love that podcast. Now this one is in three parts. We've got a four minute clip, a two minute and a, f and a four minute 30. So, well, the first, what it is, is it's a Native American, a lady, shares a story about a vision quest and then an important message. So the first hour of this podcast, she's talking about this vision quest where she goes into the mountains with no food or water for, I think it was four days. It's amazing what she talks about. But basically what what ends up happening is the earth itself feeds and drinks and gives her water and stuff. It's cool. But at the end, she started, she started talking about this, something that's happened. So what have I put in my little notes? I said, yeah, it's, this is all about Native Americans are in these little things called reservoirs. And well, let's let's play the clip. This is a this is a four minute clip. Hey guys, I want to ask you something. What is going on out here? How Because what she's talking about is she went over she went over to see some of her friends who are in these reservations and Basically, what what she, she's saying is that they started saying that they've got a lot of the COVID back, the COVID in there. So this is she's talking about that. Is it that there's so many cases of COVID on the reservation? I mean, you guys are so spread out from each other. You guys are so far apart 
from each other, you can't get any more social distance than you already are. So what's going on? And the couple, they kind of, I think they kind of thought about their response. And then um, the husband was like, well, I'm going to tell you what's going on. And he told me this story I'm going to share with you that blew my mind, you guys. I didn't expect this information to come from this guy, but this is what he told me. He said, when they first gave us the quarantine, um, you know, the, the instructions to quarantine, they said, you guys cannot leave the reservation and no one can come on the reservation. Everyone has to shelter in place. Remember that guys way back in March or April or whatever it was, they said, everyone shelter in place. And you guys on the reservation, you're not supposed to leave and no one's supposed to come here. And he said, so that's what we did. We, we stayed on the reservation. We closed the access to the reservation. So only people who live there can come, come on or off. Um, and really they were trying not to have people leave either. And he said, we started noticing something after we all quarantined. Um, there was these planes that started flying over the reservation, small planes. They'd go real low, close to the ground. So we'd really get to get a good look at them, and we were kind of like, what the heck are these planes doing out here? <laughs> they were the kind of planes that they use for spraying pesticides on the crops. And there's no crops out there. So they were like, what are these planes doing over here? Why are they coming here? And then the planes actually started dropping, spraying something out of the planes across the, the Navajo Nation. And he said, after that, we all thought it was weird. We were kind of like, couldn't figure out what, what, what was going on or why that was happening. But after that, they started telling us, you need to go to the Indian health clinics and get tested for COVID because people were, yeah, people were starting to get sick. Like they get sick and then they go, okay, go, go test for COVID. We have COVID testing now. So everyone that would go to the Indian health clinics and get tested for COVID were coming up positive with COVID. And they're going, how in the world, when we're quarantined on this reservation, we can't leave and people can't come. How is all these people ending up positive for COVID? What? And they started realizing that these planes were dropping, whatever they were dropping was making people sick. And then when they would go into the Indian health clinic because they were sick, they would be told they were getting COVID or that they had COVID, and then people were dying on the reservation. And so what they started doing... This is ma madness. So if you look that that clip, that story there she's talking about goes on for about 30 minutes. That's only a small clip of it, but it's amazing. The next bit as well, so the next bit is, is it's all about smallpox 
smallpox. So she continues talking and she compares it to a previous thing that's been going on as well. So this is quite, to me, this is quite insane, really. When I heard this, but I couldn't I never, believe it. I rewatched an episode of one of Matt's um, podcasts, and it was with Clifford Mahuti. And he's a Zuni elder. And he was speaking about the Native Americans and the genocide that we've gone through. And he said, you know, they used to take blankets that were infested with smallpox and hand them out to the Native Americans. And that was their way of eliminating literally thousands of people by just doing that. If you can imagine how bad smallpox was and then taking one blanket just one blanket into one village could wipe out a whole village of people because it spread so quickly and it was so deadly. But the United States government lined up Native Americans and handed each one of them blankets they knew were infested with smallpox. And you know why that genocide went on for all the generations that it did? Because no one, first of all, we didn't have the, obviously, the um, technology to give information the way that we do. We didn't have the communication the way that we do. But even when people knew, no one said anything. No one wanted to say anything. And that's continuing today. I mean, this... Uh, our murdered and missing indigenous women movement so that to me that that I find that pretty shocking really and it's the same like she said it's the same thing happening now a lot of, lot of people can see stuff's going on but it's fear it's always fear that stops people from talking so the, the next bit what happens here this is the third and final piece of these little clips from this one this is actually Matt Bellow himself talking. This is a four-minute clip as well. And he's basically... What he says here is amazing. I think this is brilliant. So he's, he's basically talking about the, the vaccine as well and how it's very similar to what's going on. So that, that was happening on a little scale with the ordinative Americans. It's, it's now going in big scale. So this is actually Matt Bellow himself. That was an incredibly powerful set of stories, um, and I'm a little bit speechless. I know that I've, I've heard it the first time, and I just remember speaking with a few of my Native American friends, Clifford and David and um, Brian, and one, one, when I started looking in the vaccine thing and realizing what it was and looking at the histories of, of what they are and how they've been used around the world um, for a depopulation agenda, I thought it was super interesting that, you know, of the Canadian government, they're, they're prior, prioritizing Native Americans first. Um, when has the Canadian government prioritized the health and well-being of the Native Americans ever before? Um, that didn't make any sense. And so... Uh, what Clifford and David told me, they said the depopulation agenda, or not even depopulation, the genocide agenda, is is ongoing. 
and some know that and some don't and then you shared that story with me and I said people need to know this and um, a lot of people are afraid to share and it's, it's dangerous and it, it takes a bit of courage and you know even was on a panel today and they're talking about media and you know one of the things that they'll do if you're speaking the truth is they'll just deplatform you and that um, will demonetize for some people which isn't ideal because that's your livelihood and that's how you uh, put bread on the table for your family but that's a small they start wherever they can right they they, they take away the money and then um, it gets worse and worse and then they you know attack you in the media I have some friends um, you know that that they got deplatformed they lost their things um, and then um, you know, slandered in the media every single day to try to get them to stay quiet. And we need the truth to be out there, especially if it can cause harm. You know, if that kind of ridiculousness is going on, we need we need to stand up and we need to just say no. You know what I mean? All people need to get together now. And like you said, we're all on the depopulation agenda now. Just not everybody's aware of it, you know. Um, just like the smallpox um, somebody would say, oh, you know that this blanket is going to make you ill. And now we have people saying, oh, no, it won't. But no, some of us know what's going on and we're trying to share, say, hey, look into it yourself. You know, why would people just be saying something doesn't make a lot of sense? And when they're deleting information en masse, they're deleting whole accounts, uh, they're not, oh, the news is only reporting one story. But then you go and you talk to people and you get a totally different story. Um, then you can kind of start piecing things together. And now is the time where we really need to unify um, together as, as one people, you know, set all the differences aside, let all these, you know, race wars die and religion wars and not everything that's set to divide us. And, you know, we're a people under the sun. And if we can do that as individuals, we can stand together because we should know what harm is. We should know when we see another human harming another human that that is not okay, that that we need to stand for just basic truth and basic justice. And, and knowing what I know, I'm just so concerned with, you know, what's happening and, and how to, you know, share with as many people as we can to say, hey, you know, um, you know, if you want to make this choice where you put that in your body, you should know what it is. And by their own definition, it's genetic modification, and uh, it's not—it's not a vaccine by definition. Not supposed to prevent you from getting an, a virus and also prevent spread. It doesn't do either of those two things. Now, if you look into uh, the the patent and what it actually says on their website, it's ex it literally experimental genetic modification, um, and the technology that they can use. And this is what you said to me in the beginning: it's a different technology. It's just a different way. It's just a different platform, and so. Um, I just uh, am grateful that you were willing to share your story, and I know it takes a lot of uh, courage, and um, I'm just grateful that you did, and hopefully uh, people will hear this, and if you have, and you have a platform, share it, let people know, um, you know, don't be afraid to speak the truth, or at least have the courage, and, and do your own research, so, uh, you know, we're in very challenging times here, but the beautiful thing, itting, itting, those of us who want to speak up for uh, truth and justice, um, we're going to figure out a solution together. And so, just that. Yeah, that's it. That one there is very powerful. I would definitely recommend watching that. And the thing with Matt Belair is, he has really done the research. He has, he has really done the research. And there's so many things about this. This one here, I could do, I reckon, a podcast just on that. <laughs> 
because like the pattern for the for the thing is six 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 how, how mad is that it's almost like they're throwing it in your face there's another video as well which i didn't include but people started dying after the vaccine and this is amazing how they twisted the words so before the whole world has been put into lockdown to protect the elderly and then it was the elderly that were dying from the vaccine and they said well they were old they were old and frail anyway so so it's almost like one minute they're using the elderly to control everyone and then when they start dying it's like well it doesn't matter anyway they were only they were old anyway it's very weird you almost don't believe it until you start looking into it that's what's quite mad about it but so i would definitely recommend watching that video the next one we're looking at is from the from the youtube universe inside you and the video is called enoch the ancient being who built the pyramids of giza i love this one so let's have a listen to this one According to archaeology, the Great Pyramid was constructed by a pharaoh with the name of Cheops. Now, how do we know that Cheops was the, the constructor of the pyramid? Have you any inscriptions where he said, I did it? Do we have any sculptures? Do we have a mummy of Cheops? Nothing at all. 2,000 years ago, and even more, some of the historians at that time were in Egypt. For example, Theodorus Siculus. Strabon, Plutarch, Herodotus, they were all in Egypt roughly 2,000 years in the past and they all were standing before the Great Pyramid and they all asked the local priests there who made this pyramid and the local priest said we don't know because it was made before the Great Flood. So what I love about this one is that again all of these I love watch these these videos but this one well that was eric van donneken talking and i love him i think he's brilliant but when you start watching stuff like this you realize history has been hijacked and also there's so many secrets about these pyramids and the other thing is you start realizing these pyramids are everywhere around the world there's pyramids in china which have been hidden there's, there's pyramids in antarctica so it's almost like that in the ancient in the ancient past the the world was sort of connected by these pyramids somehow. So there's something going on there. But when you see that the history has been hijacked, and you can you can really see how the the current the current the present day is being hijacked. So in the future people could look back at this period, depending on what happens, and they would get a completely different story to what's actually happened. So in other words, history is, is just it is just made up, really. You don't know, unless you were there, you're not going to really know. But when you start digging, you can start finding things out. I love that one. The next one is from the YouTuber Viper TV. And this one's called, it's, it's from the YouTuber Viper TV dash films. This one is called 445,000 years Sumer Sumerian expert renders scholars utterly speechless with decipherment and this one here i've put history repeating itself change our dna awakening equals becoming a god if we do they lose their control so let's have a look at this one let's listen to this one Anu sided with Enki, but the gold was still needed for survival so how would it be obtained at the moment of impasse 
Pinky sprang on the Anunnaki leadership his astounding suggestion. Let us, he said, create... Enki was like from the old days, <laughs> from the ancient, ancient days. A primitive worker who shall be capable of doing the work. When the amazed council of the gods asked how a new being could be created, Enki explained that the being he had in mind already exists. A hominid that had evolved on Earth, but had not yet reached the evolutionary stage of the Anunnaki. All we have to do is, he said, is to put the mark of the gods on them, to alter them genetically to resemble the Anunnaki. The discussion and the suggested solution are echoed in the Bible, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. A being that would resemble the Anunnaki both physically and mentally. This being, Enki promised, will be charged with the service of the gods that they might have their ease. Enticed by the prospect of relief from the hard toil, the gods agreed. Several Sumerian texts describe how, with the help of Ninma, and after much trial and error, a Lulu, a mixed one, was created. Satisfied that a perfect model had been attained, Ninma raised him and shouted, My hands have made it. She considered the moment to mark a momentous event. So should we. For in the depiction of the moment by a Sumerian artist on a cylinder seal, we are shown the most momentous event in the annals of mankind. The moment when we, Homo sapiens, emerged on Earth. Using the successful genetic combination, the slow process of making duplicates, a process we now call cloning, was started. So this to me is like history is repeating itself. But it's amazing how when you start looking into the past, it really seems like we are... It really seems like we're sort of heading in the same... It's like a cycle. It seems to me like a cycle. It's amazing. But this is the other thing. The Bible and everything, it, it's got the truth in it, but it's been, it's been manipulated. That's, a, that's what you start noticing. The next, the next one we've got is Muji. Yeah, it's from the YouTuber Self Synced. That's the name. And it's a Muji meditation called Abiding the Effortless Peace of Your True Self. In my little notes I've put, Muji is God. <laughs> it's like God is talking to you. So this one, I just love Muji's voice. And it's just powerful. So let's listen to this one. Yet, if we believe our minds, 
make you doubt this. Ding, ding, ding. I love that sound. I just think that's quite amazing. For me, Muji is the best person to meditate with. Dr. Joe Dispenza and Muji are my two favouritest meditators because Muji, just when he's talking, you can feel the truth in what he's saying. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, powerful that one. So they're my two favourites, but I love Muji's voice. Sounds like very, sounds like God to me. The next one we've got is called, oh, I like this one. This one is from the YouTuber Self-Sufficient Me. <laughs> Self-Sufficient Me. And it's called, What Happens When You Regrow Vegetables From Kitchen scrap, Scraps in the Garden? So what, did, what he did on this one was, he basically, he had like a, an, a, a what's it called? <laughs> a potato that had gone green. So he's going to throw it away, but he didn't. He put it in the garden. He had like a, a top of a cabbage, the, the end of a carrot, and someone someone else as well, tomatoes and stuff. And he, what he did was he got he got a, a like a bucket, put a compost in it, and threw these scraps in there. And then what happened was, well, this is what happened. I think this is quite amazing. And we're getting quite, that's another lot of nice sized one. We're getting quite a good harvest here. Here's some more, smaller ones. So there you go, from that one potato, we got seven good sized potatoes back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, seven or eight if you count all these little ones together. And we would have had more if it wasn't for me leaving it in too long and letting the bugs start to get at those potatoes there. So we lost two out of that. I think that's a really good result. You know, remember, this is turning a supermarket potato that had gone green into an organically grown, pesticide-free bunch of potatoes, probably worth about five or so dollars, but it's not the money. It's not just the money, it's the health, it's the regrowing, it's the less waste, it's the rejuvenation. You know, it's all those things put together. It's the exercise, it's being out into the garden, it's experimentation, it's fun. So there's a lot of things gripped together and it's a talking point at the kitchen table when you're cooking these fellas up and you're having something to eat, whether it be friends or just family, you know what I mean? This lettuce here has... I love him. I think he's cool. He's so passionate, he makes it exciting. But I just thought it was amazing how you can actually grow vegetables from scraps. I never even knew that was that was possible, and what it does is it make it sort of inspires you because you think, oh, I'm going to do that. I just thought that was quite cool. So the next one we've got is what's this one here? This one is from the YouTuber DTV DD DTTV Archae Archaeological Answers. And this one is called the Anunnaki cannot be fully understood until you know this extraordinary information and what i put in my notes i said the the past is the present control this is a one minute 30 clip so let's listen to this one as well see, see what's going on here the myth of adapa and the food of life alongside all the 
using other ancient stories of gods, goddesses, and humans comes the myth of Adapa, which tells of the fall of man and their existence as mortal beings. The first human ever created by Ea was named Adapa. This god of wisdom shares his gift with the man, which makes him intelligent and mentally sharp. Another major god, Anu, offers the gift of immortality, but Ea manipulates Adapa to decline. This story, from long before the Judeo-Christian Bible was created, has some direct influence on the story of Adam and Eve. They lost their place in the Garden of Eden because they ate the fruit of the Tree of Knowledge. Adapa, who also received wisdom, although as a gift instead of a discretion, was refused immortality, just as Adam and Eve were forced to abandon their perfect home and continue their lives as mortal humans. The problem with both Adam and Eve and the myth of Adapa was the assumed competition between the humans and the gods. Yahweh did not want his creations to be equal to him. Ea also did not appreciate the idea that Adapa would have all the benefits of godhood too. This myth is a story about keeping mortals in their place and maintaining control of power. The main character in this story... Which, which makes me feel like, again, it's exactly what's going on again control so, so it's but what what i what i find is i find what i put was i put the past is the present control but i, I find it what i find amazing is you start to realize something really quite something quite amazing happened in our past and we don't know about it we do know about it but we don't we know we know we know about it but we've forgotten so when you start listening to things like this, f for me, I feel things inside as if it's like, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like it's starting to make you remember things. I just find it fascinating. So the, the next one we've got, I love this one as well. This is a two minute clip from the YouTuber Office Tetsu Shiratori. And, it, and the, the title of the video is called Hopi Messages from the Ancients. So on the last thing I said, the past is the present, control. On this one I said, the past is the future, <laughs> cycles. Listen to this one. This is beautiful, this one. It's, it's exciting as well. cycle 
are intertwined with nature. We are not separated. We are connected to every living thing, not just here on the planet, earthly planet, but down the bottom of the oceans, the cosmos, the universe. I love that. And it also, it's something I've been, I said about on other episodes, on other podcasts. Like, 15 years ago or something, I, I wasn't into anything spiritual, but I loved, I, I was fascinated by quantum mechanics and stuff. Because it seemed like, it did seem like magical. And then what happened was, when I started getting a bit spiritual, I started to realise science when you get into the quantum, is is saying exactly the same thing as the spiritual. So what I started realising was, if these two could just come together, that would be proper powerful. Because if the science can be combined with the spiritual, I feel like that's how you're going to grow. If if they're kept separate, they're never going to fully reach their full potential. Because the science can't fully... The science needs spiritual to explain some things. And the spiritual needs the science. Well, I would say it needs it more to sort of connect with more people. That's what I think. Because with science, you can prove things. Spiritual, you need to experience it. And sometimes you you need to have proof before you would experience things, I think. It goes into something later, one of these videos, I'm going to talk about UFOs. But the next video, the next clip we're going to be looking at is from the YouTuber... Einzel, Einzel Ganga is E-I-N-Z-E-L-G-A-N-G-E-R and this one is called Why Letting Go is True Wealth I love this one I love this one as well this one is like a little animated thing but the the message is amazing but if you, if you, if you see it as well it's cool to look at the less you own the less you can lose and the less you have to worry about Lao Tzu wrote the following passage in the Tao Te Ching, and I quote, If you overvalue possessions, people will begin to steal. Do not display your treasures, or people will become envious. End quote. Having a lot of possessions requires adequate protection. That's why we see that outwardly rich people often live in fear, hidden behind walls, in gated communities. By not owning much, on the other hand, we save a lot of time and energy. We don't have to look after our expensive things, and they don't distract us either. And we're still able to find joy in the world, as we don't have to own what we enjoy. Why do we need a thousand square feet garden if we can go for a walk in the woods? Why do we need a six bedroom mansion if we can live in a small cheap house and enjoy the world outside for free? This is what American transcendentalist philosopher Henry David Thoreau must have thought as well when he decided to live in a cabin in the woods near the Walden Pond. Thoreau deliberately chose a simple life because he believed that this could lead to spiritual growth. In essence, a minimalist life facilitates equanimity. When the living expenses are low, we don't have to work like dogs and can spend more time enjoying the world around us with a sense of contentment. Isn't that what freedom is all about? Yes. I thought that was cool. There wasn't actually any animations in that clip, 
but in the full video there's these beautiful little animations they're simple but cool <laughs> but i just think the message of that is amazing the other thing is though letting go is a lot harder than you think because at the moment i'm i'm in the process of moving basically and I, i've been trying to get i've been trying to let go of a lot of my art books i've got i'll let go of some of them but it's really hard so even though you, you become attached to these things and i feel like that is actually going to hold you back that is that attachment but so i think there's a very important thing in that and i, I do i love i love the what i also noticed was that when you say if you're in a job with a lot of money you sort of you you get used to having a lot of money so then when you no longer have when you if you quit that job there's a period where you're still spending as if you've got that money so it's it's almost like it's a transition period but I love that. The next one we've got is from Viper TV Films again. And it's called The Instructions of Enki. Ancient Sumerian Records Wide Open. So let's listen to this one. One can even conclude from the various texts that the creation of man caused a rift among the gods. It would appear that at least at first, the new primitive workers were confined to the land of mines. As a result, the Anunnaki, who were toiling in Sumer proper, were denied the benefits of the new manpower. A puzzling text named by the scholars, The Myth of the Pickaxe, is in fact the record of the events whereby the Anunnaki, who stayed in Sumer under Enlil, obtained their fair share of the black-headed people. Seeking to re-establish the normal order, Enlil took the extreme action of severing the contacts between heaven the twelfth planet, or the spaceships, and Earth, and launched some drastic action against the place where flesh sprouted forth. The Lord, that which is appropriate, he caused to come about. The Lord in Lil, whose decisions are unalterable, verily did speed to separate heaven from Earth, so that the created ones could come forth. Verily did speed to separate Earth from heaven. In the bond heaven-Earth he made a gash, so that the created ones could come up from the place where flesh sprouted forth. Again, it's it's that thing where the, the, what this what's weird is <laughs> this is quite weird. When you start looking into the past, it sounds like science fiction. It sounds like science fiction. But that's what that's what gets me excited. What gets me excited is that there's something, something really powerful happened in our past. And I feel like... I feel like it's going to come forward into the future. Yeah, I think uh, we are on the cusp of something quite big happening in the world, I think. Because what I feel like is a lot of people are starting to realise what happened in the past. And if more people realise what happened in the past, it'll be much easier for people to accept it when it happens in the present if you see what I mean the next one this is brilliant so this is from my seven chakras and the title is called lucid dreaming how to how to learn and grow and heal while you are asleep this one's with Robert Wagner a lucid dreaming expert ah I've got a little story to tell about this one after so let's listen let's listen to this one Robert, these dream figures that we meet and interact with, 
um, are they just figments of our imagination or are we connecting with the minds of real people or is it something else? So this is really a complicated question. But in, my, in my workshops, I tell people all dream figures are not created equal. And, okay. and the reason I say that is uh, so in a regular dream, you could ask a dream figure. In a regular lucid dream, you could ask a dream figure, who are you? What do you represent? And oftentimes they'll tell you exactly who they are and what they represent. And uh, also I've told people that the way you can tell their thought forms or projections of your mind is, like, let's say you have an angry dream figure coming at you. If you send it love and compassion and understanding, all of a sudden that angry dream figure, it'll shrink down into a little boy that just wants a hug. Or it, if you accept it totally, it'll burst into light. So when you see how the dream figure changes, when your mind changes, then you realize, oh, it's a project projection of my mind. But here's where it gets complicated, AJ, yeah. is, is like when you meet a deceased relative in the dream state, and all of a sudden you become lucidly aware. You think, wait a second. And then I've, I've had my own uh, situations with this where, like, I met my father. But then I wondered, is this my father as a dream figure, or is this my father as his spiritual being? And so then after we greeted, I, I asked him questions and basically, he told me things that he thought would happen in the future. And later, when those things came to pass, then it would suggest that it was something more than just a product of my mind. So that's how it can be uh, really interesting to play around with this in a lucid dream. So I think that is a, what I love. That I would definitely recommend listening to that whole interview if you love your lucid dreaming. Because I think it's brilliant, and I love Robert Wagner. He's, he's, he's to me, he's the best. But there's a little story that it triggered with me. So he's talking about the the thought forms and stuff in the lucid dreaming. I had this lucid dream once where I was in it. I was I was in like the front of a class talking about lucid dreaming to everyone in the class, and I was explaining how what you think your thoughts can change. The, re the reality instantly and what was happening was there was this bear <laughs> this big bear was running towards me and what I said what I said to the class was I said watch this if I think that that bear is scary it's going to be scary so I, what I did was I thought scary a scary bear and the bear became really like it was going to really aggressive and scary and it was running towards me as if it was going to like attack me and I said now I'm going to think it's a cute teddy bear, and then it so every what and then it turned into like a cute teddy bear running towards me as if it's going to hug me, and what I did was I kept I kept thinking, scary bear, teddy bear, scary bear, teddy bear, and what happened was this bear that was running towards me, it would keep shape shifting into a little teddy bear, then a scary bear, teddy bear, and I thought I thought that was amazing because in real time. You could you could change. You could change the your perception of of everything in real time. I thought that was cool, but that I love that I love that little clip there. This next one, oh, this is brilliant. This is from the from Alpha News, and it's called Cardinal Burke forces force. And Cardinal Burke is the bloke. He's called B B U R K E. And it says, forces of the Great Reset have used COVID to advance evil agenda. <laughs> In my little notes, I've put Great Reset, no, Great Awakening. 
this is not a great reset it's a great awakening so let's listen to this one this is a proper like religious bloke as well we as a nation have permitted ourselves to become dependent upon the Chinese Communist Party, an ideology totally opposed to the Christian foundations upon which families and our nation remain safe and prosper. I speak of the United States of America, but evidently many other nations are in the throes of a similar, most alarming crisis. Then there is the mysterious Wuhan virus about whose nature and prevention the mass media daily give us conflicting information. What is clear, however, is that it has been used by certain forces inimical to families and to the freedom of nations to advance their evil agenda. These forces tell us that we are now the subjects of the so-called Great Reset, the new normal, which is dictated to us by their manipulation of citizens and nations through ignorance and fear. Now we are supposed to find I just think he is amazing because it must have been very I feel like he, he he's very brave to speak like that because he's a bloke in power saying it how it is but he, I think he knows how important it is it's a, this is a very I feel like this is crunch time for the human race but the next one we're looking at it's, this is from Dat Design, and it's a Terence McKenna clip. He's talking about the secrets of time travel. So the music is a bit loud on this clip, but what this what I love about this is, this is how time loops forever. So this is how this is how you can have eternity, basically. What he's talking about here, and it also goes into something that when I had my little psychedelic experience. I had this thing about where it said the pyramids were like time machines. So what happened was that you build the pyramids in the future. You go back in time to when the the pyramids were built. I know it sounds a bit weird. The pyramids are built in the past, but it's actually the future. Because it's like a leap thing. <laughs> but let's listen to this little clip of Terence McKenna. I love this. a 
brings the entire notion of future history down into a single moment. It causes, in a sense, the rest of history to happen instantly. <laughs> How cool is that? When I can visually see that, imagine the end of the world. The world is about to blow up. If they've got time travel, you would everyone would just go back in time to the start. So then what would happen then is the, the, the start would really just be from the end. Because then what would happen is those that have gone back in time to the start, over the course of time, they would lose memories of everything. The great floods and all these catastrophes and stuff, it would wipe them out. But it would always, they would end up doing the same thing again. So it'd like, it's, it's, to me, it's like a never-ending loop. Well, that's quite cool. The next one is another Matt Belair one. And the clip is called Timothy Madden, Forensic Forensic Economics, Corruption and History. So I've put in my notes, this one is complicated. But you can see, it shows you how corrupted the world is. And it's all based around money. I don't think the clip talks about this, but it's basically describing how... Uh, if there's a, He talks about it on it. He says there's a, there's a thing where if somebody said, I'll give you a million pound now... Or I'll give you one p every day for a month, and I'll double it every day or something. And you think, well, I'll take the million pound, but it, it actually works out that the penny every day becomes the most. So, so it's just, it's that sort of thing. But this one is a bit complicated. But I, I found I found myself just quite amazed by what what he was talking about in this one. I've said for a long time that when I began researching what's going on in the world, I was like, oh, if money is the new financial form, it's the new slavery, right? You wouldn't work 40 hours or 80 hours if you didn't have to get those coupons. And then I, you know, I'm just, you know, as in money, I call the money the coupons. Mm-hmm. And and now they're just, they're, they're all the American currency. It's like a debt note, right? Like it's not even a, it's just another piece of debt paper that you have to pay back. It's not, it was actually meaningless. So I don't know how to phrase all that. So maybe you can kind of give us a big picture and then a macro picture to empower people. Micro well, okay. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you where we're going with all this. <laughs> okay. First of all, there is, there is no money. There's only what would, Banks do not loan money. They are not money lenders. They are credit reinsurers. Okay, and, uh, and now you're going to, with that, you may not get it right away because it's such a, it flips the entire world upside down, if you understand it. But I've been living with it for about a year now, and it keeps getting stronger. Once, you, once the bug is there in your head, you can't let it go. And, and you'll, you eventually you'll get it and you go, oh, that's impossible. I've been ripped. I've been robbed blind for all of my life. <clears throat> and at any rate, what happens is the bank, when you sign and issue a promissory note and uh, secured by a mortgage, you are advancing real estate secured credit to the bank. The banker strips off all of the security as a premium for itself and issues back or reinsures unsecured credit to you. You see? The banker arrives at the transaction with nothing, and yet he leaves with four times as much as the loan is worth. It's not a loan. It's a credit reinsurance transaction. And that started um, probably in earnest in 1913. So that one is very, it is, like I said, complicated. 
but it, it's one of those things it, it it's complicated but it makes sense and then what it does is it's almost like opening your eyes up but some of this stuff sounds a bit negative but i think the thing is oh there's a there's a brilliant quote somebody says something like if, if you don't if you don't know what's going on you can't do anything about it so even though some of these topics appear to be quite negative, it's almost like you have to face the negative in order to turn it into a positive. A, a bit like a fear. You think, well, I'm going to run away from the fear because I don't want to face the fear. But what happens there is the fear gets bigger. It's only when you face the fear that you can actually transcend it. It's the same thing here. But when you start realising there's like corruption going on, if you don't recognise the corruption and face it, you can't you can't do anything about it. So the next clip is three minutes thirty, and it's from Leak Project again, and this one is the real gods of antiquity and origins of religion. So this one they're going to talk about. There's a bit where they're going to talk about the the alignment of the planets, I believe, and they show an image which is you've got Saturn. Because what they're talking about is basically in the ancient past, about 12,000 years ago, I think it is, around about the time of the Great Flood, what happened was our sun wasn't our sun. Our sun was actually Saturn, which was a big sun. So in the sky, what the people saw was they saw a massive sun of like Saturn. What was it? It was Mars. I think it was Venus and then Mars. But the position of these planets... It, what it looked like was, imagine a massive circle with a smaller circle inside of it and then an even smaller one. So it actually looks like an eye. It's quite weird. So if you looked up at the sky, it would have looked like you would have seen this massive eye looking at you. So that's basically what we're dealing with here. Again, this one here, I could, I've, well, I picked my notes, I could have picked any clip from this one. This was one of those where it was just dropping so much knowledge. I thought it was cool been like that for for more than hundreds of years maybe thousands of years where there's this specific alignment that you described and saturn was the actual star is that what i'm picking up absolutely absolutely yes what happened though like did venus get pissed off i mean i've read about medusa possibly being venus and uh oh yeah that's another thing as well what what is is all these gods that they talked about in the past they're actually planets. So when they're talking about all these gods doing these things, like Zeus and stuff, they're actually, they've, what they've done is they've personified the planets, turned the planets into stories, myths. So the myths are actually telling the truth. It's just t telling it in a way of a story, which does, I think that's really, I love that, because it's much easier to remember stories. That's probably why they've done it, I reckon your take on some of the mythology here walk us through the if you can please this event that just shattered everything and 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 took us into like this new are we in a new solar system i mean what deactivated saturn i just i'm not i'm not understanding that in talking about these events they sound so incredibly far-fetched without any evidence being presented that i would refer readers or listeners to my website maverickscience.com where you know you can get a thorough background in this stuff and get 
pictures of the configuration as it evolved through time. Basically, um, the myths or the stories of the gods are nothing more than the stories of the interactions of the various planets. On the right there, you can see the picture of Saturn in the yellow there with Mars and Venus set in the middle. If you just scroll down a little bit. Is this it? There you go. Right there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so this is a, these, this is a simulation we did at a, a world's renowned um, computer company here in Ames, Iowa called Engineering Animation at the time. And the yellow orb is exactly the size of Saturn. The green orb is exactly the size of Venus and Mars. Is, the red orb is, is exactly the size of Mars. And so this is what it would have looked like. And we assume the size of the objects would have been bigger than the current appearance of the uh, full moon. So you're talking about planets uh, surprisingly close to Earth. And if we were to connect this with mythology, which particular god or deity would this be referenced as? Well, probably one of the most dominant myths in ancient Egypt, for example, is the rampaging eye goddess. And so the eye goddess uh, is certainly identified with the planet Venus. And um, at a certain moment in time, she goes on a rampage, which throws the world into chaos and causes floods and storms and uh, various other disasters. And that myth will be told all around the world. Uh, and so in ancient Samaria, Mesopotamia, it's Inanna going on a rampage. In ancient India, it's Kali going on a rampage. And the stories will be the same in all of those cultures, and they will always relate or be identified with the planet Venus. And so you mentioned the Medusa. The Medusa is certainly the planet Venus, no doubt about it. Um, and so, again, it's a worldwide myth leading to worldwide global archetypes that can be re reconstructed in great detail over the course of time. Yeah. Well, that's what I find so fascinating. and I'm... That's what I find fascinating as well. Because if, if everyone around the world in the ancient past who was supposed to be all separated, if they're all telling the same story, just with different sort of characters... It tells you that it's actually not a made-up story. It was a, it's a bit like lucid dreaming when I, when the light switches don't work. I, when I realise that it's actually a common thing in all the dreams, it makes you realise that the, the dream realm is almost like a. It must be like a real place. Can, it's that that sort of consistency is where you start to. It's it's it. It starts. That's. That's something I always look for, is when you see consistencies in things. I think that's quite important. The next one is called is by The Great Reopening, and it's called Scotland Ain't Having It. <laughs> so this one, what it is, is it's a lady in Scotland who's opened up her little shop during the lockdown, when the, you're not allowed to open your shops. And what's happened is a load of police have just gone in there trying to shut her down so this one she's a scottish lady so it might be a little bit hard to understand scottish if you're not not used to scottish 
but this one I've put in my notes I said control by fear but then use common sense and be it's all about being human and I've, I've put are the police now the enemy so this is what I'm thinking but this one is really it's quite powerful You don't. You won't understand. Respectfully, you won't understand. Till so they're not comes to your door and your wages stop. That's when you'll understand. Is that Nicola Sturgeon to pay your wages? Sir. And I really feel intimidated here. I've got three police officers in here. Four. Which is four. Yeah, the other one is outside, I think. All right. And it's just so over the top. What is it you want to do? Brandbeat me and frighten me. That's exactly what they want to do. Yeah. Do you want me in tears on the counter? I've been here for 16 years and worked like a navvy to make my business survive. I'm asking you, you three human beings, where is your heart? Where is your common sense? Where is your dignity? Unfortunately, it's not up to ourselves to decide what... I hate that. It's not up to us. <laughs> there was another one as well. There's this clip from Brian Vermeer from Real London. There's a bloke called Brian... Ah, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well. This bloke called Brian, he wants to become the mayor for London. So he went out on this... Um, what's it called? A campaign. And the police actually arrested him. But there was like loads of police surrounding him. It's crazy. But the, the one of the police officers in that said, was it? Ah, oh, I can't remember what she, she said. Something like, we're just following orders. That's, that's, that's what's going to end up with just following orders. That's madness, isn't it? Surely you should be, like she said on the, on the thing there, common sense. And it's all about being a human. It's, it's madness. But the next one, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is probably one of my favourite ones here. So this is from Erwin Sa- Saunders. And this the video is called, well, the, the clip is called First Pixie Sighting. And I've put in my notes, a must watch. I feel like if you start watching this guy, you're going to fall in love with him. And what he's doing is, he's basically going out into into the middle of the woods and with a video camera and he's recording himself looking for pixies and he does actually find pixies as well but the thing is this guy is just he's amazing he is so imagine if you're listening on the audio imagine a a beautiful forest scene with this little bloke with a beard (laughs) oh he's cool he is but let's listen to him he's he's funny he is he's he's in the woods looking for pixies today and um, it's actually starting late uh, be, uh, because this morning it was um, it was raining so I nearly didn't actually come out but then I remembered I had to pick up the night vision camera um, anyway and luckily on, on the way it, um, it, it cleared up so it's actually been quite sunny for the last it's gone in now but it's been sunny for the last half an hour or so so that's quite good because after the rains uh, they tend to come out because they'll be collecting water and, and doing things like that. Um, 
So it's 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 quite fortunate, really, that that uh, rain did occur. Uh, I, I looked at some of the footage that I shot yesterday, and I noticed that. Um, the, well, first of all, the micro microphone level is too high, and, and um, so that wasn't great. But we're getting used to this. Uh, hopefully today will be better. I've lowered the levels a bit, and and uh, you know that's ho hopefully that'll make a bit of a difference. Um, also, apologies. Uh, noticed on a few of the shots, my shirt was riding up, and you could see my fat belly, and uh, that's slightly embarrassing. But um, I'll try and I'll put a t-shirt on today, so hopefully that'll prevent any uh, unwanted. Uh, um, Revelations uh, like that. Um, so uh, I'm going to find a new spot today to sit. Uh, yesterday wasn't at all successful, and I, I just think they're not uh, they're not in this area. So I, I'll try and find somewhere else to go. Um, so that's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Aww. So th this is a good spot. Uh, we're further down. It's no, he's sat in the middle of like. Um, he's. He's just funny, he is. I feel like you have to see him. But hopefully that clip sort of gives across some of his little personality. Because what he does is he's going through the woods and, well, he has these, you know these sweets, the flying saucers? He puts those on sticks and puts them in, because apparently the pixies like these flying saucers. <laughs> but he's like, he's quite sort of funny because he sort of like falls over and he's a bit sort of, you want to hug him. I think you fall in love with him, I do. But the next one is is from Deep Lucid Dreaming, Dr. Claire Johnson. So this is Dr. Claire Johnson's... Well, it's from her YouTube channel. But this is an interview with Andrew Holchek, Holchek Dr. Claire Johnson Lucid Dreaming interview. So this is a deep one, this is. She's talking about meditating in lucid dreams... And then, well, in my notes I've put, physical is on top of dreams, not the other way around. So we think, we think that we're in the physical and we go into the dreams. I'm thinking it's the other way around. I'm thinking we're in the dream realm, we're coming into the physical. So, But this one here, again, this is another one of those where I could have picked any clip from it. And... Because they also start talking about the void and everything. But on this one, I believe she's talking about the light. How everything is made of light. <laughs> I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is, I, okay, I started to meditate my lucid dreams and went deeper. And I began to have um, incredible experiences of dissolving into light. Um, and it made me realise that, in fact, there is luminosity beneath all appearances, any expression of matter, there is this incredible luminosity. And we are that luminosity. We are it, and it is us, and there is no me or it. It's just all one. And when you reach that state in lucid dreams, oh, it's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. It's very sort of, it's like finding the source of everything. I, I see the lucid light as... Um, as being it's something that is present everywhere we are and it's also the baseline state of consciousness that's how i think of it it's not the baseline state of consciousness is not the waking state it's actually the lucid light it's the light from which all forms of matter emerged it's this original alive light from which 
all states of consciousness, um, all energy, matter, and physical forms has emerged. Um, and I think of it as, um, yeah, just being being there all the time, but particularly easy to access in lucid dreams, because in a lucid dream, like I say, you can lose your body in a couple of seconds or even less, you know, and you can go into this light. Um, and some of the experiences, what, what I've done in my dreams as well is I've asked about um, what dreams are made of. Um, and, and in one dream, I became lucid in a room and I remembered I wanted to ask this question. I said, oh, what are dreams made of? I just asked the dream. And suddenly there was like this huge kind of earthquake feeling. Everything started to judder and fall apart. And I'm so familiar with that from my lucid dreams that I just laughed and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, dreams are made of energy. I get it. And I said, but tell me this, what is energy made from? Yeah. Immediately, all the juddering stopped. And oh, there was just like these luminous chains of light that came in from all directions and filled the dream space. And it was so beautiful. And I said, wow, I was just totally overawed. And I said, okay, so energy is made from light. Sure. And that, for me, that was just like a, a personal, you know, a personal question that I asked. Um, but it, everything seemed to be taking me to this light. Um, and and I, I think it's, you know, it's pure conscious awareness. It's like the energy of the universe and beyond. Uh, it's the oneness that binds everything together. And I know that you have a lot of experience with this as well through uh, the practice of sleep yoga. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, you know, you're hitting my sweet spots because, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just sitting here nodding my head so fast it's going to fall off my shoulders. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just beautiful. Uh, if you're into lucid dreaming, I would definitely recommend li listening to that one. It's one of the best lucid dreaming interviews I think I've ever heard. Because the topics they're talking about is, is both of those two are so advanced at lucid dreaming that they are going straight to the deep questions. It's amazing, it is. What was the other thing about it? What was it? Oh, I think I forgot now. But the next, well, the next one I'm looking at it's another one from Leak Project, Wanderers on Earth. Ah, oh, that was it. She's talking about the light. It reminds me of, again, my psychedelic experience. E equals MC squared came up. Energy, mass and light. It's the same thing. That's what the illusion is. The illusion is energy, mass and light. It's all about light. And then also I started thinking, when people die... What do they say? They say they go, they see the light, tunnel of light and stuff. DMT, that's that produces the light as well. Because like when you shut your eyes, you still see things. When you're dreaming, you're seeing things, but there's no lights, so you're producing light. It's very weird. But the next one, the next one is a three-minute clip from Leak Project again. This one's called Wanderers on Earth with Susan Planet. And um, my little notes I've put DNA is time slowed down. Which again is something else from my little psychedelic experience. What I've started noticing is a lot of things that I came up with in that are actually being explained by people. So let's listen to this one. What's happened on this one is she basically is she creates some books, like stories, fiction books. But they're they're based off of channeling. So what's it? The the full title of the video of the clip is 
Wonders on Earth, Mission from Venus to Save Humanity from Annihilation, Susan Plinett. She's created three books. I think she's released two of them so far. And basically what she did was she's, she's channeling. She's been channeling with... And she's turned her channelings into these books. So they're fiction, but they're based on the information she got, which I think is brilliant. Because I've not heard any, I've not really heard anyone do that before. Up to them, there's a lot more choice. So, the, so the beings training on Venus uh, are fifth-dimensional beings who will lower their vibration level to the third dimension, which is a slowdown. So that they can wear. Yeah, what she's explaining here, I, f- I thought it was like DNA is time slowed down. The DNA is like what she's talking about here. The DNA is what's keeping us inside of this illusion, as in a f- in a three D. A heavy chemical body, which is kind of like a battery. We're kind of like a battery. Our body. Just gonna rewind it. Body, which is kind of like a battery, we're kind of like a bension, which is a slowdown, so that they can wear a heavy chemical body, which is kind of like a battery, we're kind of like a battery, our body, and get used to that. But once they come, and they, because the laws regarding Earth, and these laws were put in place apparently 75,000 years ago, when uh, Mars destroyed its atmosphere in a nuclear war and the Martians were all only left in their soul body, their light body, and they needed a third dimensional place to go. So they were brought here, but they were altered because they were considered to be too warlike. So after they were altered, the Council of Nine, who was responsible for our solar system, said, that's not what Earth, Earth is not supposed to have that kind of interference. People have slipped through in millions of years ago. Yes, there were sky people coming through and messing with Earth. But now, after that thing done with the Martians, the law, there was a law put, um, a quarantine is around Earth. Now, there are holes in it. There are portals in it. And and the dark side can slip through. They're not supposed to, but they do slip through. The, the rule here is that if you want to uh, do anything on Earth after the quarantine was put on 75,000 years ago, you have to um, either incarnate here as human, which many beings have done in the past. There are many wanderers who came from higher dimensions. I believe Tesla, Benjamin Franklin possibly John Lennon, definitely Buddha, Jesus. They were wanderers from higher dimensions. They wanted to help Earth, so they incarnated as human. Um, Jesus was a total fourth dimensional message. So was Buddha. So was Lennon. Like, imagine, what is that song? That's fourth dimension he's describing. The world could live as one. I mean, that is just, that is the description of the fourth dimension. So, so the wanderers, in my story, I mean, you know, you could be a wanderer because. Oh, I just find it amazing. I would, if you listen to that with an open mind, it's amazing. And also, what happens is it starts to link everything together. 
this is what I've also noticed. If you start, if you just listen to lo lots of different things, it's amazing how it all comes together. So, like, archaeologists are starting to reveal things which confirm things that these sort of people are talking about. Which is very strange. But it, to me, it feels like everything is suddenly coming together. And it's as if it's about to reveal. It's like it's about to be revealed. That's what it feels like to me. But the DNA time slowed down. That was like when she said, oh, you, you, get, you reincarnate on this planet, on the Earth, as a third dimension. That's like the DNA is slowing time down to make it solid. I thought it was cool. The next one is also from Leap Project. This is a two-minute clip. And the title is Monroe Institute, Joseph Gallantenberger. So audio goes a bit funny on this because it's something to do with like the lag or something. <laughs> but oh, this one, what's this? The real is real, but really it, it isn't. Real when It's real when you're in it, but really you're, we're not in it, but we are. This one is like explaining the paradox. And it's actually going to be this week's inspirational quote. I thought it was brilliant. But this is another one where you want to listen to the whole thing. So he's actually talking as well about bending spoons. Bending spoons with your mind and doing like the t telekinesis and stuff like that. But here he's, he, he talks about a little quote. I love it. You know, you're using the name mind, and I think you, you, where we're really at going towards is the power of the heart. Uh, you're right, ancient texts, like Middle Egyptian times, there's a book called The Kabillion, and the first truth in it is everything is illusion. The second truth is everything is real. The third truth is the biggest mistake you could make is deciding either of those is truer than the other. And so there's this magic of between uh, quote real and delusion uh, so one of my affirmations might be the physical world is changeable the spiritual world is solid constant and real if you see the physical uh, as heavy like a mountain and the spirit is airy fairy airy fairy can never move the mountain but if you see the spiritual place where you stand as rock solid the mountain is sort of a dream, then there's a likelihood you uh, you can move the mountain, if you will. So um, I think it's important now, we are in a fear-based culture right now that you're alluding to, because fear sells uh, politically and economically, and uh, fear is a prayer for what you do not want. As I mentioned, fear is expensive, love is real, choose wisely. So for our kids and our own lives and our grandkids, we need to start using these positive energies um, to create a positive reality. And as we do that, you know, sky's the limit. <laughs> sky's the limit, baby. I thought that was brilliant. So he's, what I love is, again, he's talking about these magical things, like bending spoons and stuff, but he's keeping it real. And it's very simple. That's what it is. It's very simple. But also what he's talking about there, that, that quote that I love, is it's again like what I think I've been re I've been realising with the dreams, that the dream is more real than the real, the physical. It's like back to front. So like what you said there, if you think the mountain is solid and uh, the the spiritual is airy fairy, you you won't be able to move the mountain. If if you look at it the other way round, 
then you can that's how you can mani- ma- manipulate the illusion so it almost like it's, it's it's almost like everything's sort of saying the same thing just in different ways it's, i love that the next one is called the great reset and it's to do with bill gates and farming <laughs> and this one is from russell brand so this one is cool so i love russell brand he's very he's well he's, he's super famous in the uk at least and the thing is he's actually not afraid to speak his mind which is brilliant i Th- think we need more people like that so what i've put in my little notes i said negative disguised as a positive so you give over your free will so what he's talking about in here he's talking about farming and bill gates and stuff he many people regard bill gates as a philanthropist as a person who does a lot you know like the um, elimination of malaria but as vandana shiva is now articulately explaining obviously better than i could with more wisdom and knowledge than i'm likely to accrue that there could be alternative motivations for this apparent philanthropy you say he has a a strategy a nefarious uh, strategy what you describe as philanthrocapitalism in the episode of under the skin we did with joel backin he also explained that good companies inverted commas good are bad and creating problems because they are now claiming to be more than profit driven enterprises they're sort of lifestyle companies ideologies this is true dystopia true dystopia looks quite nice and has high aims it's not cackling draconian and overtly machiavellian it comes sort of clear well branded apparently kind but the objectives if the objectives are the accumulation of power rather than the sharing of power then you know what you've got you're not saying he's using the wrong methods he's pursuing a wrong goal with self-interest you also uh Uh, attack Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the founder of uh, Facebook, saying they're all linked together. You're saying that powerful billionaires might somehow have shared interest. What could Mark Zuckerberg, the plutocrat leader of Facebook, have in common with Bill Gates, the plutocrat leader of Microsoft? What possible shared interests could these two guys have? I mean, this reeks a bit of conspiracy theory, doesn't it? People's frustrations and concerns about globalization are not properly addressed because the objectives of globalizing interests are very, very powerful and they align very neatly with the interests of the media. So you won't hear negative opinions freely expressed because that's what power does. Power eliminates opposition. We stop Mark Zuckerberg from trying to get into Indian agriculture. That you can see that as well now. Like people like Matt Belair spreading messages of love, he actually got he got shut down on Instagram because it goes against what that's what's quite it's quite genius what they've done. They've basically taken control of like all of the supply chains, like the media, the food. So what what ends up happening there is it's like they can basically c- cut off the truth, so they can actually they can they can present you with only the story that they want. This is all a mind game. This is, it's all a mind game. That's what I'm realizing. I feel like we are actually inside of a psychological world war. That's what I think. 
it's it's quite it's it's exciting, eh? Because the the good thing about that is you ha you've always got the power. It's quite amazing. It sort of links into the next clip as well. So this is from the Ascend podcast with Dan Harrison, and this one is the title is called Ascension Symptoms. Symptoms. Ah, oh, I love this. This is a very simple little sort of thing you can do to turn the negative into positive. He's talking about ascension symptoms. But then as you start um, you start awakening, you will start having to re- lo- anal- hyper-analyse these different habits that you've, that you've been doing. And it will really show you in a way to sort of so that you can start really... Um, s- Analyzing these in a way where you can start deciding do these things in your life really serve the true part of yourself? So don't be alarmed if you do start going back and revisiting sort of bad behaviors and things like that. And I feel like it's not about judgment. I mean, we do need, there is a certain degree of ourselves where we do have to hold ourselves accountable and judge ourselves. But I feel like there's also a line with that where we have to sort of make peace with the judgment as well and let go of these things and there's a little mantra that I do at times say for example I do the universe or the way I call it is say the universe brings this to my attention this is something that's out of place or out of balance it's not about sort of pushing it away and ignoring it or or even doing worse and judging yourself for, for that it's it's more about getting to a place in your mind where you actually thank the universe or thank yourself for for, so for meeting that part of yourself and bringing that forward. So a little mantra that I'll do is I'll just say the simple act of it. If I, when I recognise something that I've done wrong or a bad habit that I have or a bad behaviour, I will just say thank you for showing me this and now I transcend this into positive light and move forward on my journey. And I think that's a cool little mantra you can do anyway. So that's all I'm going to speak about on this one. Yeah. That is something I've been doing as well. I, I, I'm going to do a separate podcast about this because that little saying thank you, especially in the middle of negative things, is so powerful because you can instantly tra- you can instantly turn a negative into a positive. So I got I got an actual experience where I was, I believe it was 2017. I was super suicidal. I was in the middle of probably the worst suicidal feelings I've ever I've ever had, crying, and I somehow was able to say thank you for for this suicidal, for feeling suicidal. I actually started laughing, and it, that was one of the most powerful moments of my life, because I realised I didn't have to be suicidal. In other words, I was I was only feeling suicidal because I was allowing myself to feel suicidal. I realised that I could, I if I could keep my awareness, I could basically shift to something else. It was amazing. I'm going to do a podcast about that because I've actually used that technique for so many things. Saying thank you. The the hardest bit is actually saying, is remembering to say thank you. Because what happens is sometimes in the middle of these negative experiences, you basically can't regain your awareness. Because the, the, the negative experience is so powerful, it's, it's, you, you can't actually turn it into a positive, but you can. But what you've got to do is you've got to practice saying thank you when it's not that powerful. Keep doing that. And in the end, you can do it when you can do it anyway, any time, no matter what happens. So somebody could point a gun at your head and pull the trigger 
and just before they pull the trigger you could actually say thank you that's how powerful it is practice though <laughs> so the next clip is it's actually a clip of a ufo so this is a clip of a ufo the reason i've put this in here is there's no audio on this one what it is is it's a ufo shaped like a donut i don't know whether you'll actually be able to see it on the video but it's a it's a it's a donut shaped ufo that was flying across the sky and what happened was on saturday i went out i went out over to saltram in plymouth i was w walking across the river well i wasn't walking across the river i was walking across a bridge <laughs> and what happened was I, I was watching the seagulls like in the, in the wind. I'm always watching the birds in the wind because I find it, I love it. You can sort of see them. You you can see them in complete harmony with the wind. Instead of fighting it, they're with it. They're with it. It's quite powerful. In the middle of this, I saw a UFO fly across across the sky. So what I, the reason I put it in here is I actually did a. I did a video on my YouTube, youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson. I'll put a link to that in the description as well, in the show notes. But I actually made a little clip talking about this UFO experience. So I thought you might be interested in that. And the thing I will say is, I didn't have my camcorder, <laughs> but I've actually learnt from it. And I'm I, what I've done now is, when I go to work, I've actually got, I've got two camcorders, because I, I got a better one for the podcast. But my old one is still good enough. I've actually put that in my bag. So whenever I'm outside now, I've always got a I'm always gonna have a camcorder with me. So if I ever see anything again I can quickly get it. We've got two we've got well three clips left. So the next one is a one minute clip and a thirty second clip and it's from TEDx Talks and the title is Martin Pistorius, My Way Back to Words. So this is unbelievable. This guy what he did was he, he was when he was, he was when he was young he, he was in a coma i believe he was in a coma for 12 years everyone thought he was a vegetable he finally came out of it and what happened was for 10 years he had been completely aware so he had, he had it was like he was in his body but he couldn't do anything he couldn't move he couldn't communicate it was like he was just all he was doing was looking out of his eyes and it, and it's amazing. So he had to he had to. It was like he was paralysed in his body for ten years. I just thought it was unbelievable. But this actually reminded me of. It's, it's, it was like a similar feeling to lucid dreaming when you're stuck in the false awakenings. You know you're dreaming. You can't wake yourself up. It gets a little bit scary slash frustrating. To if, especially if you have like eight of them in a row. I had a feeling like this was sort of like what he was going through. So this is two little clips of him talking about the experience. Super in inspiring this is. There were many moments when I... Oh, and he also, he talks via one of those things where you... Like what Stephen Hawkins had, one of those machines. Gave up, sinking into a dark abyss. I remember one particularly low moment. My dad left me alone in the car while he quickly went to buy something from the store. A random stranger walked past, looked at me, and he smiled. I may never know why, but that simple act, the fleeting moment of human connection transformed how I was feeling, making me want to keep going. 
I thought that was amazing because it just shows you how little things are super powerful. So this is the second clip. Communication is what makes us human, enabling us to connect on the deepest level with those around us. Telling our own stories, expressing wants, needs and desires, or hearing those of others by really listening. All this is how the world knows who we are. So who are we without it? True communication increases understanding and creates a more caring and compassionate world. I love that. He is so inspiring. So we're on to the final clip now. This is from Leak Project again. It's The title is Produce DMT Naturally, Mastermind Techniques and Dimensional Stacking. And wow, this one is unbelievable. This is with somebody called Bob Gilpatrick. I'm going to play the clip. I'm going to go to the toilet because I need a wee. <laughs> and so what's driving, you know, most, um, most people's um, state is is what their what beliefs they have at this current moment and so people have beliefs that they gather up when they're very young and they carry them forward and but then when there are sentinel events like 9-11 or or covid this creates um, reinforcement of the worst of the beliefs that people have, the very limiting beliefs. And people tend to reinforce their their own beliefs by filtering information. So they they filter information in three ways. They'll delete things that they just don't want to deal with. They'll distort information and they'll generalize information. And so distorting is what um, is what Albert Ellis referred to as awfulizing, meaning an event would happen and people would go, oh, that's that's just awful. And then the next thing that happens, oh, that's awful, that's awful. And and so that's that's the typical way people distort things. And then generalizing, they will say something like, oh, well, that, that happened, and that's just like that, right? But when you further examine it, it's not really just like that. It's actually something different, but you generalized it in order to reinforce a belief that you have. And so people need to be able to realize this, that this is the, a typical way that the human mind works and that you can begin to understand the structure of beliefs and how beliefs are reinforced reinforced and you can begin to take action to deconstruct some of the ones you don't want and to build new beliefs that you do want and and the fastest and easiest way to do it is using the emotional freedom technique which is also called tapping and so for example if people are feeling in extreme fear in regard to covid all right, you could do the following thing. You tap on your under your fingertips, and for those of you who can see, you're tapping on the side of your nail with the middle finger of your opposite hand. So if you take your right middle finger and tap on your left thumbnail on the side of it about five times, and then switch to your index finger and tap on the side of the nail, and just keep going in a rotation about five times on each finger. This is this is marshalling the power of your chi, of your life force energy. 
right? And your chi and life force energy has a very profound effect on your beliefs. It's providing an energetic structure for your beliefs. And when you... I thought it was amazing. What I loved about that, what I loved about that one was that that, vid, that video is full of just tips like that. Loads of tips. Loads of little tips like that. Again... What he's really doing is he's turning negative into positive. This is what it's all about. Because really, all there ever is is negative or positive. That's what I've noticed. It's cool. But on, on little notes I put, beliefs create reality like a dream. Again, like what I said before, you start noticing everything is the same thing. So your beliefs create reality just like a dream, but... Like what we said before, t times inside of this illusion, DNA, time slowed down. It's because time is slowed down that your beliefs don't instantly create the reality. So there's like a delay between your it happening, which makes it re feel like it's not you doing it. But in a dream, you can see that your beliefs... In a dream, you can instantly see that your beliefs are creating reality. Inside of the physical... You don't know. You don't realise that unless you actually start doing experiments. That's what I noticed. So I put lots of little tips and tricks in this one, all about awareness. And it reminds me of Dr. Joe Dispenza. What he always used to say was, "Awareness is your goal." And what I noticed was that's what it's all about. And I learnt that right from the very beginning with art. When you're drawing, it's all about your awareness. Your awareness. Is, is what's going to reveal the negative shapes and negative spaces. Your awareness is what's going to actually allow you to see with your eyes instead of seeing with your mind. So you draw what you see, not what you think. That's to do with your awareness. So again, like I said as well, everything is, is actually... Everything is, is, everything is revealing the same thing, just in different ways. Which I love that. But this one here has gone on for so long. This has been the longest ever podcast, I think. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had to go to the toilet in the middle of a podcast before. <laughs> That's quite funny, that. But I hope you enjoyed that. And I think next time I will actually... Next time I'll probably... Well, I don't know. I was going to say I'll do it a little bit differently, but I might not. But I really hope you enjoyed that. And all that's left is this week's little inspirational quote... And it actually goes to one of the people in this video, Joseph Gallenberg, when he was quoting the book, the, Kai, the Kaiba, Kaibalian, that Egyptian book. So I did actually go online and try to look for this quote. I found the book, the, Kaiba, the Kaibalian, from the Egy ancient Egyptians. And I, I want to get that book now. It's talking all about, basically, the mind creating reality and, and the illusion of everything and stuff. I've never read that book before, but I tried to find this quote within that within that book. I couldn't find the actual quote. So what I'm doing is I'm going to quote Joseph Gallenberg quoting the Kalbert the Kalbalian. It's K Y B A L I O N Kalbalian. So the quote that he said it was: First truth is everything is an illusion. Second truth is everything is real." 
third truth is the biggest mistake you can make is deciding either of those is truer than the other. This goes into the grid again, because one ear, this is a this one of one in the grid that grid that I spoke about on the psychedelic experience. It's all about finding balance between opposites. So it's all about basically unentangling yourself from entanglements. So what you got here is the first truth is everything is an illusion. So you know everything is an illusion because you're you're inside you because you know that you're inside like a dream. You know it's an illusion, but you also know the second truth everything is real because what you know is you know that you yourself are also an illusion. You because you're inside of the illusion, you are also part of the illusion. So because of that that means it's real because if if you're an illusion inside of the illusion then it's real but the thing is you know that you're not really inside of the illusion because you're actually putting yourself into the illusion temporarily <laughs> so, so then what you realize is you're both at the same time you are both outside of the illusion and inside of it at the same time so this is why you can't say this is like the grid. The grid is the balance point between opposites. So in the balance point, you are both the illusion and you're basically both spiritual and physical at the same time. You're both positive and negative at the same time to the point where to the point where positive and negative can can coexist separately. So they're no longer entangled with each other. So this is what this quote is all about, really. It's all about having illusion and real at the same time, even though really that's like a paradox. I think that's brilliant. So this week's little inspirational quote. First truth is everything is an illusion. Second truth is everything is real. Third truth is the biggest mistake you can make is deciding either of those is truer than the other. Joseph Gallenberg quoting the Kyle Barlian. Kyle Listen to this now.